Blog Talk Radio. From Washington, D.C., this is Caroline. Each week, we bring you the best conversations, news, interviews, and politics here on Caroline. To hear the show live, check us out each Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern or listen on the go by downloading this podcast from iTunes. Hey, welcome to Kara Live. This is Kara. Today is Wednesday, September 3rd, 2008. And I am back in Washington, D.C., still sort of kind of trying to recover from Denver. I never expected to be so tired and exhausted in my life. I um, returned on Friday, and um, I slept all Saturday, went to church on Sunday, came back home, went back to sleep, and most of Monday, too. And even yesterday, still felt a little exhausted. I'm not sure if it was because of the altitude and the uh, the thin air. I, yeah, I talked to a couple other friends of mine that were in Denver, and they indicated the same thing. Or could it be because I'm aging and also because of the time change? I don't know. Whatever the case may be, Kara was very tired. Anyway, while speaking of... Uh, while I was in the airport. Oh, let me go back to the convention first. Um, I had a great time in Denver. Um, the event at Invesco Field was spectacular. Um, my friends who watched it on TV indicated how great it looked. Well, it was just that great inside the stadium also. I didn't arrive to the stadium. I've had many people ask me questions about um, – standing line, you know, how were the lines? I had heard the rumor was in Denver that the line was going to start forming about 10 a.m. in the morning, between 10 and 11. And um, I was thinking, there's no way I'm going to sit out there that long to uh, wait for Obama to come on. Uh, the uh, passes did indicate uh, seating particulars, meaning each each person had a particular seat. So. I said I kind of waited around, and I did not make it to the stadium until uh, I can't remember who was speaking, but it was whoever was on prior to uh, Stevie Wonder. I, I saw the speakers prior, one or two speakers prior to that, and then Stevie Wonder came on. So maybe like the last two, two and a half hours of the event. Um, I, I, uh, I, I I'm still speechless on the um the aura that was in the the stadium um i that friday when i was even going to the airport there were two guys and, and no, most times i don't really note race but I, I will note race on this one there were two white guys that actually hitched a ride with me to the airport they had been waiting for their cabs in front of the hotel that we were in and uh the, the cabs had not arrived. It did not appear to arrive. We were staying in a hotel that was 30, 
30 miles out from the airport. It's 12 miles from the city, but 30 miles from the airport, and uh, cabs won't run infrequently in our area. And even though they call, the cabs haven't come. But anyway, I'm, I'm saying all that to say that um, they hitched a ride with me to the airport, and uh, one was a college student from Kentucky, and the other guy was from uh, New Jersey, New York area. Um, I suspect he was probably in his uh, late 20s, early 30s with a young family. And, you know, we were discussing the, the uh, how we felt about the, the speech and, 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 you know, how we felt afterwards. And, you know, even we all came to the same conclusion or, or we're talking about how even leaving the arena, you know, there was this certain aura, this certain feeling, this flow, this love that was among the people that were there, a mutual respect for everybody um, that, that was at the stadium and then even only poured onto the streets. And, you know, for once, you know, I felt that King's dream was fulfilled, fulfilled because people were looking at people as people, not as a class or as their color. The one time I've ever felt that in my time, it, it, it was unbelievable on how the, the feeling was, but that was the aura, the essence of Invesco Field last week. Um, again, it was unexplainable, but I guess it's one of those things that you had to be there in order to understand exactly how people uh, felt after the speech. Now, of course, on Friday, um, after my arrival at the airport, I'm sitting in the airport and, uh, you know, I'm in the Delta section, which has screens with uh, CNN news. And CNN is talking about uh, McCain's potential VP pick. Well, of course, they decided to um, – uh, release the name of the VP pick on Friday because this would counteract Obama's speech from Friday. You know, it would change the, the conversation and the news coverage uh, of, on the speech. So, of course, I, you know, the, the, strategy is, the strategy is understood of why it was released on Friday. Well, I'm sitting there and they're talking about uh, who the potential VP uh, people are, which, you know, as we all know, it was Palenti, Ridge, um, Romney, Lieberman, and um, those were the top four. Now, the CNN had people posted uh, watching and sources trying to figure out which one of these guys were going to meet McCain in Ohio. And they're indicating that Rich was still in D.C. He just got the haircut that morning, and um, chances are it wasn't him. It doesn't appear that he was getting ready to fly anywhere. They they talk about uh, Romney. Romney was in the midst of something. Didn't appear that he was even to go anywhere. He didn't have any travel plans. And the same with the other four. And then all of a sudden, within, uh, I'd say, 20 minutes to a half hour, they noted that, the kids of uh, Alaska governor had just uh, been put on a private jet 
on their way to Ohio. Now I'm sitting there going, surely that is not that CNN is barking up the wrong tree. There is no way that that is going to be the VP pick for McCain. So I'm I'm just laughing because I thought, yeah, they really throw the media off. They're they're so far off the mark that they're watching somebody from Alaska. I just could not believe it. So as I'm I'm watching, maybe another 15, 20 minutes go by, and boom, McCain picks VP is what it says on the screen. So I'm like, oh, and then they say. Alaska Governor Sarah Palin, and I laughed out loud, and then I said, who is Sarah Palin? And as I'm sitting there laughing, I think it was hilarious. I'm, I'm dying laughing. About three minutes later, my my BlackBerry buzzes in my my purse. I hear buzz buzz because it's on vibrate. I pull out my my uh, cell and I look and I get a text and the text says, "Who the hell is Sarah Palin?" I'm now I'm on the floor almost dying laughing. The text continued to say McCain is not a smart guy and it's a sign the Republicans have no clue. No experience from your VP, and he's 72 years old, out of touch with reality. I'm dying laughing. So the lady that's sitting next to me says, um, uh, well, I'm laughing, and um, she said, well, what are the Republicans thinking? What are they thinking? And I said, it doesn't matter. I said, that's an excellent pick, an absolute excellent pick for McCain. And then she paused, and she said, Okay, I see where you're coming from. And then I start laughing again. And as I'm laughing, she reaches in her bag. Uh, she had been in Denver for the convention also. She has, like, had a bag full of uh, buttons and pins. And she pulls out one for me, and she gives it to me to have. And I read it, and it says, Alaskans for Obama. Oh, now I'm really rolling because I look at her and I said, and you're from Alaska? And she says, yes. So then, you know, I'm all about trying to find out what the story is on Sarah Palin. And when I, I'm, I'm she, she's trying to fill me in because she's a Democrat. She indicated that she's a litigator in, um, in Alaska and, and giving me some points on who this lady is because, of course, I have no clue. Like 90-some percent of Americans had no clue. And even though we had no clue, the, as soon as they released this lady's name and the uh, the um, his, uh, the spokesperson for his camp comes out, and I don't remember this lady's name, but she speaks for the McCain campaign quite often out of, uh, I think she's out of Alexandria, Virginia. She's talking about how popular um, Palin is. And I'm thinking, popular among who? Who knows and who knew who Sarah Palin was before last week, at least on a national scale. Who is this lady? So, you know, I, I'm thinking, I, and, and as, as I'm still sitting in the airport laughing, I'm like, okay, it's obvious on why McCain picked her. It's very obvious. First of all, it was gender. But, again, I'm puzzled because if it was because of gender, 
why not pick um, uh, the senator out of Texas, um, Kay Bailey Hutchison? She's a woman. She has experience. She's been in the Senate since, I think, 1993. Okay, 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 okay. And then I, I say that, and I know the answer to that, too, because she's older. Kay Bailey Hutchison is, I think, about 65 years old versus Palin, who is 44. Now, why did uh, he go with a younger woman? Because she has a young family. And you, you put this against the Obamas. You know, the Obamas have been on TV with their girls quite often. You see a young, vibrant family, young, vibrant, smart, very smart girls, and um, very cute. And you put this against McCain, and if McCain would have picked any of those other four guys that I named, all of their kids are adults. So you don't get the same uh, contrast, uh, well, let's not say contrast, the same comparison as you would with this lady's family. Now, I also understand that, you know, there's been questions about the vetting process because you knew who he was vetting. Now, from what I understand, he picked her out of haste. He's only known this, he's only met the lady one time, from what I understand, and he's only had a 15-minute conversation with her prior to, I think it was either one or two conversations, but I know there was only one meeting prior to um, him picking her as the VP. Now, there's a couple of different problems or issues with picking, picking her. You know, I have no problem that it's a woman because, uh, like I said, if he was going to pick a woman, why not a woman that had a Republican woman who had experience like Kate Billy? There were many other women in the Republican Party that he could have picked that would not have the controversy behind them as Sarah Palin. Well, one of the one of the issues that I see with Sarah Palin. When, as a voter and as other voters look at her and, and, and her as a pig, here you have, and, 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 and let me back up too, let me rewind the tape, because you've never heard me on this show ever talk about McCain's age. I, I've never thought that age was a big factor. Okay, with that said, McCain turned 72 this past weekend. Notice how McCain's birthday any celebration regarding McCain's birthday went unnoticed, undone so because they don't want you to focus on the fact that he just turned 72, even though all Americans know that he's older American. All Americans know that he's over 70, but they didn't want to have the attention drawn on the fact that he just had another birthday. Okay, okay, so what? He had another birthday, he's 72. Now, He's 72 and a cancer survivor. Okay, so he's not just 72. He's a 72-year-old who has survived cancer, whose cancer has come back on more than one occasion in his lifetime. All right. Now, with that said, he picked a VP who is a woman who governs the state of Alaska. Government, who was just over two years ago, was the mayor of a small suburb of Anchorage, Alaska, a suburb where she was mayor of 
uh, had 8,000 residents. She governs a state that has more wildlife in it than it does people. So she governs more wildlife than she does people. Hmm. But when the Republicans taunt the uh, experience, well, let me go back. The Republicans, if you listen to all the Republican pundits and all the uh, people who speak for the campaign, they all have talking points. And these talking points are coming from the uh, the communications director or whoever with the campaign. They put they put together the talking points and they release the talking points to everybody who's going to speak for the campaign. So everybody who speaks generally gives the same responses to the same questions every time. Now, what are these talking points? Note when uh, any time that uh, you anybody asks a question to any of the Republican pundits or the campaign about Sarah Palin's experience, especially when it's compared to Obama, or the fact that they said you know prior that Obama didn't have enough experience, they always come back with Obama had more. I mean, um, Palin has more executive experience than Obama. Hmm, more executive experience. Okay, let me, let me argue that one for a second. Again, let, let's go back and think. Okay, she was the mayor of a city that had 8,000 residents. She's the governor of a state who has more wildlife than it has residents. Okay, let's compare this with a, oh, and I forgot what the budget is. It was, uh, what's the budget of Alaska? It was minimum. I think like $12 million is the budget for Alaska. Don't hold me to that, but I think that's the number. Okay. Now, Obama is running. Let's just go with his campaign, and let's use that as, as executive experience. Obama is running a campaign that has, uh, that taunts within the last year over $400 million. And I forgot what the number of people that he has been uh, that's involved with his campaign that is, uh, you know, on the payroll. Which, from what I understand, the number that I saw was more than the number that was set for Sarah Palin. So, okay, here we do a compare and contrast regarding the executive experience. I noticed that any time that they throw that particular argument out, that nobody challenges <laughs> the executive experience, but it can be challenged. All right. The um, uh, Oh, the other talking point that goes with that is that they always say, too, that um, the second piece of their talking point is that the people vote for the top of the ticket. They don't vote for the second person. Well, in this particular case, I would beg to differ. And I would beg to differ to going back to what I just said earlier. We'll be voting for the top of the ticket, but in McCain's case, we'll be voting for the second part of the ticket. You know, I don't want anything to happen to McCain if he becomes elected, but, you know, Lord help us all because here we go again. He is 72 and a cancer survivor. Now, the difference between him, you know, you, you throw out the fact that Reagan was in his 70s, uh, about 73, I think it was, when he was reelected. But when you look at Reagan, Reagan at that time, at least on the surface, 
was a picture of health. Reagan was not a cancer survivor. Reagan didn't have a reoccurring terminal illness. <laughs> McCain does. That's the problem. So, you know, again, you know, not to pounce on his age because I haven't done that past shows, n- never have, but the fact that he picked Palin makes it an issue because if something did happen to him, she is next in line. And what experience does she have to run the free world? <laughs> Oh, man, it's it's scary, you know, and and, and my my laugh is not a laugh of that's hilarious. That's a nervous laugh because that scares me. It's it's scary. It's scary. Um, But going back to speaking of talking points, there was an interview on Monday with uh, Cameron Brown, Campbell Brown, uh, with CNN and Tucker Brown. Tucker Brown is the – uh, one of the, I think he's actually with McCain's campaign. And remember the talking points that I just used? Well, he tried to, he was using them quite frequently in this discussion. And uh, Campbell Brown wouldn't let him get away with it. So here goes uh, Campbell. This is, this is sort of a long piece, but here goes with uh, Campbell and Tucker Brown. Tucker Bounds joining us, who's a spokesman for the McCain campaign, and uh, we want to have an opportunity to talk to, uh, to him a little bit about this. And, and Tucker, you there? Yeah, Campbell. Can you oh, good, me? good. Yes, yes. We got you in the chair. I'm glad you're with us. Thanks so much for taking the time to join us tonight. Um, I, I just want to begin by asking um, you know, what we've been discussing before you, you sat in the chair. Governor Palin sharing a very difficult personal uh, story today. The news that her unmarried teenage daughter is pregnant, that she plans to have the baby to marry the father. Uh, explain to us when John McCain first learned about this. Well, he learned about it during the vetting process before his selection. Um, he did not consider it a disqualifier. Uh, Governor Palin has a long record of reforming Alaska, taking on the establishment for 13 years. She started out as a civil, you know, a civic, a civic activist in the PTA, went to the city council, on to be the mayor of her small town, took on big oil on the Oil and Gas Commission in Alaska, then to the governor's office where she's made serious bipartisan reforms. That's the reason she was selected. Certainly her personal family matters never disqualified her from, uh, from serving public office, serving a higher office in a cause greater than herself. That's John McCain's message. She fits it perfectly, and we're happy to have her. Parker, though, uh, this obviously um, putting this young woman, Bristol Palin, smack in the media spotlight at, at what's already got to be a very challenging time in her life. I mean, how do you respond to people who wonder why her mother would have subjected her to this kind of scrutiny by accepting this high-profile position? Well, I think Governor Palin understands that these are serious times. We have serious challenges, and it's time to shake up Washington. It's the reason she was happy to take John McCain's invitation to go to Washington, make the changes that Americans need and Americans depend on. She's an expert on energy. She understands that we need an all-the-above energy approach that includes the alternatives and the renewable fuels. Uh, this is an important right. decision. So, 
I think that it's, it's dangerous to confuse her civic decision to get involved and make a difference in her country. No, no, but that's not that. I, I understand that. To be private. But, uh, I recognize that. But, but in an ideal world, it would be private. But you know, this is a presidential campaign, and nothing is private. The world is watching. And if we, you know, as much as everyone might want to give this young woman her privacy, you know that's not going to happen. And so you, you, you do risk putting her through a, an incredibly difficult process by accepting this job if you're her mother. You can't deny that, right? Well, the Palin family had made clear in their statement that they were hoping and continue to hope that this will be a private family matter. That was their intention from the very beginning. Uh, media inquiries and attention are going to happen in the campaign, and they understand that. But it's important for us as we have a conversation with voters about how we can change Washington, how we can move forward and take on the big challenges that right. Americans expect of their public officials, that we keep a private matter private among their family. Right. Certainly all of us, certainly all of the members of the media would expect that of Americans, and, and that's the way we're proceeding. Tucker, you know, foreign policy experience has been a huge issue in this campaign because you guys made it a big issue in this campaign, pointing out yeah. time and time again, as you did, that John McCain had far more experience than Barack Obama, and that nothing, in your view, was more important in the campaign than the ability to be yeah. commander-in-chief. So I don't have to tell you that there's a feeling out there by some that you're not holding your VP pick to, to your own standard, the standard that you defined. So explain to us why you think Governor Palin is ready to be commander-in-chief. Governor Palin has the good fortune of being on the ticket with John McCain, who there is no question is the most experienced and shown proven judgment on the international stage. He understands foreign affairs. He has a familiarity. Well, we know all that about John McCain, Tucker. I asked you about her, though, because we all know the role of the VP, as John McCain has defined it, is to be able to step into the job of the presidency on day one if something should happen to the president. So I'm asking you about her foreign policy experience. Yeah, Campbell, certainly there are a number of people that are supporting Barack Obama's candidacy and feel like he's experienced enough to take on the Oval Office. Our feeling is but, but that you're not answering my question. as much experience as Barack Obama. Okay, she but, but you set a different standard. That was candidate of our opponent. Uh, so did she, can, can you set it, what, what I'm saying is that you set a different standard by arguing how important it was with John McCain. And, and no one's arguing with you that he has much more experience than Barack Obama. So I'm just trying to get someone from the campaign to explain to me what foreign policy experience she has or what qualifications she has that would uh, allow her to be ready to be commander in chief if something should happen to, to Senator McCain. Well, That's a fair clear. I, I don't think there should be any problem explaining her experience. She has executive state level experience. She's been in public office reforming Washington. She's been in executive office longer and more in a more effective sense than Barack Obama's been in the United States Senate. She's been the commander of the National Guard of the Alaska okay, but, okay, National okay, Guard. Tucker, been deployed overseas. That's foreign policy experience. All right, all right. Just give me, Tucker. Sorry, just if I can interrupt for one second, Commander, because uh -huh. I've heard you guys say this a lot. Can you just tell me yeah. one decision that she made as Commander-in-Chief of the Alaska National Guard, just one? Yes. She has made any decision she has made as the commander of the National Guard that's deployed overseas is more of a decision than Barack Obama has been making as he's been running. Okay, so for tell me, tell me one of the, give years. me an example of one of those decisions. I'm just curious, just one decision she made in her capacity Campbell, as commander in chief Campbell, of the National Guard. Campbell, certainly you don't mean to belittle every experience, every 
every judgment that she makes as commander of the National Guard. I'm belittling nothing. I just want to know one one judgment or one decision. I I would love to know what one decision was. I'm not belittling anything, Tucker. I'm really not. I just I'm curious. Yes. As she makes a decision as to how to equip, how to command the National Guard of the in Alaska, that is more of a Everybody has the right to make a uh, a choice 
come November 4 based on the knowledge of what they know about the candidate. And to cry, to, to cry foul because your representative can't answer questions and to say that the media is being unfair. Oh, I forgot. The other part that the media is being unfair about is um, what they're saying about, well, no, they're not really saying anything about a daughter, but the fact that this person, you know, I, I have a couple of different issues with that. Now, you know, I don't feel that the that Sarah Palin should be judged on um, uh, what has happened to her daughter. I, I would think that's very unfair, and I think that it is a private matter um, of the family. But the, the, the issue is that there's two things here, and, and the reason the media is so uh, into this particular story or that piece of the story is because the Republican Party, two things, two reasons. The Republican Party taunts family values. And secondly, um, Sarah Palin as a candidate, um, her platform, even in Alaska, she is against federal funding for sex education, but she is for federal funding for abstinence. And, you know, I guess the fact that, you know, she has an underage child that's pregnant and it kind of goes against what her own particular uh, conflict with her own um, political, political views is why that's a story. Not not so much the daughter herself, because I, I do think that's unfair. But uh, And then number two in this piece is, it mind boggles me, if you're so into family values, why then would Sarah Palin, knowing how the media is and that the media scrutinizes everything, would put her daughter in that particular position? Is it for political selfishness, you know, you you got to question it, and you got to question the judgment of that. Not so much the judgment of the child, because she, she's still a minor, but you got to question the judgment of the mother. And, you know, that bothers me probably more than anything else is I'm still trying to wrap my brain around why she would accept the nomination or, or accept being picked when she knows the price it's going to pay in regards to her family. Now, I got a text this afternoon, actually right before uh, I came on the show, and um, it indicated that was one of my friends who sent me a text said that uh, that the, um, the boyfriend is probably going to say that he's going to marry her up until the uh, dead of the election, and then after that, is probably going to call it off. I've even heard somebody else predict that uh, somehow something's going to happen and you, all of a sudden she's going to have a miscarriage. I mean, you know, people have all kinds of predictions or whatever. But regardless of any of that, um, you know, the fact remains at this point in time that she is pregnant. And my concern is, you know, if you're about family and you're truly about family, why, again, would you put your child through this scrutiny? Surely you knew, and I'm speaking to Sarah Palin, surely you knew that the media would be all over that. 
Um, and, and the only reason, the other piece of that is that I find this, this kind of funny too. The only reason that they came forward with the information is because on Sunday there was a release by, uh, I don't even know who it was, some, um, some people in, that was blogging the fact, or since in fact, they were blogging that uh, the four-month-old is um, her daughter's son, saying that that's Sarah Palin's grandson. And, you know, the you know a whole lot of different facts have come out, or, well, some of them are facts, and then some are, I am still trying to yet to see it be proven, because I, I want to see it come to a head. But that um, that the, that child was actually born in uh, February. That the daughter took four months off from school, four or five months, um, due to quote unquote mono. Uh, when the baby was actually born, Sarah Palin was in Texas giving a speech, and it indicates that the story indicates that her water broke, and that. Um, uh, while she was giving a speech. Instead of going to a hospital in Texas, she catches a flight, supposedly in labor, uh, for six hours. It was either six to eight hours back to Alaska and then another 50-minute drive from the airport to the hospital to give birth to that child and return to work within three days after giving birth. So there's a lot of speculation based on those particular facts that, oh, and then there were other people said they didn't even know that she was pregnant. She didn't look pregnant. And the daughter was out of, out of sight, out of pocket. And then the other speculation is the reason that the child uh, has Down syndrome is because there's pictures that circulate. I even got a set of the pictures someone emailed me today of the uh, daughter drinking. And they're speculating that the because of her uh, extracurricular activities as far as drinking, that that's why the baby has the birth defect. So, I mean, there I've seen so much stuff over the Internet be, be, um, about this particular story. But, again, you know, I, I'm still trying to understand why she would put her child through that or any of the rest of the kids, but, you know, especially her, and, and knowing how the public was going to react. And I, I think that, you know, both of these things are going to, you know, this is going to have an effect, and it's going to have an effect on McCain's campaign because because he made such a hasty choice and it's being questioned the fact that he didn't fully vet her, that uh, – it questions his judgment, and um, uh, you know they again, you know this the, this whole process and 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 her pick it has put a, a different light on the Republican. Even though they're spending, I, I noticed that the Republican Party during the convention this week all have a united front, and, and they're doing a very good job of the united front. I know for sure that behind closed doors, there's a story. Is different. They're they're saying in, in 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 unity on TV. They're rallying behind her. They're they're uh, energized about this pick. But I don't believe it, and I don't believe that uh, McCain knew all the facts 
or knew any of this information, even though his campaign indicates that he did know prior to uh, um, her being selected that um, this particular information, I, I don't believe that to be true. So, you know, there, there's a lot of, lot of spin that's going on in the McCain campaign. I know they wanted to take the uh, – take uh, uh, Obama out of the, the limelight and out of the news, but surely they didn't want this to be the news cycle. But here they have it. Their VP pick is the news cycle. Haven't heard a whole lot from Obama, about Obama, but – they're spinning, spinning as much as they can. And, and you know, America's talking because everybody's trying to understand. Even Republicans are trying to understand why he made this particular selection. Now, the the other things that are going on, I mean, um, and it's just not the child. And, and that's the other problem that he's having, and that he's having to spend. You have the daughter. You have the trooper gate, trooper gate being the – Issue where he was, she was um, used abuse of power by um, firing the um, the chief of police. Not the chief of police. I forgot what the guy's title was, but he was over the trooper who happened to be her uh, former brother-in-law. And because he wouldn't fire the brother-in-law, she had him fired. So that's being investigated. She just recently. As of uh, Monday or Sunday, hired an attorney for that. So that's going to be big and to see what comes out of that. And there's another news story that I haven't, you know, I haven't seen this in the um, um, mainstream media news, but I had uh, had a friend to tell me about it, and then I Googled it online. If you go to carolive.newsvine.com, you'll find, you know, all the articles and information that I, I talk about on the show. And if you go to, again, HTTP, there's no www, that's why I'm saying the HTTP colon, uh, carolive.newsvine.com, you'll find this particular article. There's an article that's online regarding her um membership or her affiliation with the Alaskan Independence Party. Now, you're like, who is the Alaskan Independence Party, the AIP? In the article, it says officials of the Alaskan Independence Party say that Taylor was once so independent, she and her husband were once member of their party, which since the 1970s has been pushing for a legal vote for Alaskans to decide whether or not residents of the 49th state can secede from the United States. In the 1990s, they're talking about seceding from the Union. Hmm. Hmm. I got to pause with that one because it sounds like, uh, what, before the uh, Civil War, <laughs> the, the South seceding from the Union? Okay. Now, why is this funny and ironic? Because McCain's slogan is country first. <laughs> and she's a member of the AIP who wants to secede from the United States. Okay, I got to pause again. Country first. So the irony in that is she's not really about the country. So whose patriotism should be questioned. 
Hmm. Obama or Palin? Palin, Obama. Hmm. Okay. I, I, I'm still sitting there because you, you got to laugh because it's hilarious. Okay. All right. All right. So, again, there's, there's quite a few different, even though now the argument back from McCain's party in regard to this is that, of course, uh, she registered as a Republican in 1982 and never changed her um, her affiliation with the Republican Party, at least in her writing. But uh, based on this, you know, she um, she was a member of the AIP, and their slogan was, now McCain's ad is country first. AIP's motto is Alaska first, Alaska always. Oh, man. Is is there irony in this? <laughs> okay, I gotta I gotta laugh because it's it's such a contrast and difference in the platform that she's running on now. So again, you got to question, gotta question her patriotism. Hmm. Anyway, uh, I, I can't wait to see how that was spent. They're, they're so caught up in the uh, trooper gate in the um um. Uh, the daughter and the other stuff because, I mean, she's got bones rattling in the closet. Matter of fact, there's so many that the closet door is open and uh, all the bones are about to fall out. Um, <laughs> but anyway, I, I really think that, um, uh, I you know, I, I go back and I try to think of what, what could have been uh, McCain's strategy in uh, making this particular selection. And based on everything that's come out, I'm, I'm still baffled because, after everything I said, it still doesn't make quite much sense. But uh, again, that's his pick. I was asked earlier today, could he, could he take it back? Could he uh, actually pick someone else? That has happened only one time um, that I know of in history, where I think it was um, McGovern, the McGovern, like in 1972, who. Oh, I can't remember who it was he picked, but whoever it was, he um, made a selection for VP for 18 days, and uh, he made a reselection because I can't remember who the candidate was, who the um, person that he picked, but whoever it was, that uh, it was released that he had uh, mental illness. And because he had a mental illness, uh, McGovern picked someone else. So that's that's the only time that I know that another selection has been made. So, you know, it, I, I would basically say it's unprecedented that someone would do that. And if he did that, then uh, it goes back to the judgment call thing, you know, since judgment is a big issue in this particular election. Probably in 72 wasn't as big, but this year that is – Judgment is crucial, and as you all know, uh, judgment has been taunted on um, on the as far as the candidates have been concerned since when back uh, I think beginning October November because um, Obama said he had the better judgment. So from that point on, judgment has been a part of the um, this particular election cycle. So I don't know. I, I I doubt if he will go back and pick somebody else and say I take it back. I, I need to to uh, 
reverse this decision that I've made because then people are going to look at, you know, is that, what, is that what's going to happen when you eventually get to the White House? So, again, I, I don't know what his, his strategy was. Now, going to uh, Obama right quick. Uh, see, Obama was a very short snippet in my commentary tonight, too. Um, it was just released within the last two days that Obama has finally hit the 50% mark in the Gallup poll. So he finally has gotten a boost from um, last week. Uh, actually, it was yesterday. So um, uh, McCain has 42% and uh, Obama has 50%. So he's leading by 6%. Uh, I think this is the first time he's had... 50%. I still think that um, Bob Barr is going to be a factor, uh, especially now that McCain has made his selection because there's even I, – I read somewhere that the um, undecided voters uh, are now moving towards Obama based on McCain's pick. And I think the other selection of people that are um, are still in the middle are those that – don't like McCain's pick and don't necessarily like Obama either, I think that has grown, too, to um, probably will go to Bob Barr. So I still I still think he's going to be between the 6 and the 9%, but not even closer to the 9% based on McCain's selection. Um, so, you know, not not if you if, – that is if you believe polls or you follow polls, you know, sometimes you can give credence to them, sometimes not. But – I'll only put it out there for uh, FYI's sake, but um, it'll be interesting to, to see what happens. Oh, and the other thing I didn't mention was the uh, Hillary supporters. I think they were, too, going back to McCain's and his selection, were insulted by uh, McCain's selection. I think the thing that McCain misses in, in the, the key ingredient, I don't know if he consulted with anybody prior to making his pick, but um, uh, just because you pick a younger woman does not necessarily mean that the women that were disgruntled uh, over Hillary were going to go straight to you. And the reason, and I say to you, meaning to McCain, and the reason that I say that is because the policy of um, Hillary uh, matched against Palin are totally different. They, they they come from two different um, policy platforms, uh, two different um, age groups. Again, that's why I go back to Kay, uh, Kay Bailey Hutchison because she fit that 50-plus and over. That's who was disgruntled for Hillary. If you really wanted to put a dent in uh, and get those Hillary supporters, I think if he would have picked her, he would have sealed the deal. By picking Palin, it doesn't necessarily that means that's the case. And because the differences are so great, <laughs> uh, age, policy, demographic, I mean, it, it, there, there's no no parallels. And that's the key piece that McCain missed. Either, I, I don't know. I, I'm still, again, trying to figure out the strategy, but obviously he's not as smart of a guy as I thought he might be. At least I thought he was a little smarter than than um, Bush, but 
you know, if that's how the Maverick does it, then that's how the Maverick does it. And I don't know if the Maverick's going to succeed that way. But going back to Obama, uh, Obama, I had a response from Obama's talking about the RNC. This is actually from today. Given the magnitude of our challenges when it comes to energy and health care. Given the magnitude of our challenges. That's the wrong uh, clip. Here's Obama from RNC today. Which probably explains why last night when they were speaking, all these speakers came up, you did not hear a single word about the economy. Now think about it. Not once did people mention the hardships that folks are going through. You know, I guess I don't blame them. Because if you don't have any issues to run on, I guess you want it to be all about personality. <laughs> and if you've got George Bush's track record and John McCain voting 90% of the time in agreement with George Bush, then you probably don't want to talk about issues either. Yeah, I actually thought it was pretty good because, um, you know, he has an ad that he's saying that um, McCain, he said it in his speech last week, McCain agrees with uh, um, Bush, has voted with Bush at least 90% of the time. Let me play this other clip. This is a uh, the new Obama ad called The Same, and it's a comparison between um, Bush and um, McCain. They share the same out-of-touch attitude, the same failure to understand the economy, the same tax cuts for huge corporations and the wealthiest 1%, the same questionable ties to lobbyists, the same plan to spend $10 billion a month in Iraq when we should be rebuilding America. I voted with the president over 90% of the time, higher than uh, a lot of my uh, even Republican colleagues. We just can't afford more of the same. I'm Barack Obama, and I approve this message. the new release of the ad called The Same. I think it's pretty tactful and uh, straight to the point. But going to, I wanted to make one other comment and an observation regarding the the uh, Republican um, National Convention. I though you know, just an observation of the, the group that is there. When the camera pans around the room, and, and you see the demographics. Now, if you know back in 2000, the uh, convention had what I call the illusion of inclusion. It, at least they tried to fake, and I call it faking the funk, because they had um, black performers. You know, everywhere you looked, there was somebody black. Like, they were trying to be inclusive of all Americans and look like Americans. had Hispanics, you know. It, it, it wanted to be... Uh, a, a party that looked like America. And when you look at the RNC today, you look at the convention, you look around the floor when they pan the room, there's one commonality, and and, and I'm not even talking about race, even though race is, is part of the commonality, but that, that's not even where I'm going. One commonality among the Republicans that are at the convention, they all look like they're 50-plus and the fact that they are all white. And I should say, oh, you got sprinkling, <laughs> but the vast majority um, look as if they are 50-plus. And I think that's one of the reasons why, you know, um, 
uh, McCain picked Palin because, you know, he said she's part of the party of the future. And by saying that, it indicates that they know that they are a dying breed and that they need a younger um, uh, person to project or put out front as a face for their party. And um, Palin is that face. If that's a good face, I don't know. If, if, if based on whatever else comes out in her background, that may be detrimental to their party. But who am I? I mean, I'm just just calling it as I see it from the outside looking in. But again, that that may hurt the Republicans in the end. Again, um, uh, hopefully they'll figure it out. Because if you look at the Democratic convention, it looked like how America looks today, and you had. Um, it was inclusive of all Americans, and I hope that the message that Obama puts out there is inclusive, that, that all Americans will feel that. Anyway, I greatly appreciate you guys listening to CARE Alive. I will be back next Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Check out my website at carealive.com and also uh, my blog. If you go to carealive.com, you can click on uh, uh, blog to read it, and also um, the uh, there's another page, I can't even remember what the page is called, but you'll find um, everything that's Caroline. You can visit all my uh, social networks and everything like that. But it, again, feel free to uh, check me back next week at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on Kara Live. <laughs>